welcome to Connection Academy podcast, a series of conversations where we explore how to live with joy. We discuss topics related to human connection and the potential we all have to live a more connected life. I'm your host, Kristen Ransom. If this conversation inspires you or leaves you feeling curious to learn more, visit our website, connectionacademy.co, where you can register for an online workshop or one-on-one coaching. Today we're discussing the courage to be creative with your life and how to overcome the fear of being misunderstood. It's an important conversation because creativity is the skill that empowers us to be the artists of our own lives and a significant part of learning how to be creative with your life is noticing the fear that limits the choices you make. To make this conversation practical, today I'll be taking you through a creative thinking exercise to help you generate your own ideas about this topic. And then I'll share three big ideas about how you can create a joyful life. Let's get into it. In support of World Mental Health Awareness Day, which is on the 10th of October, this conversation is part of a series of conversations where I am exploring an incredible skill which can transform how we relate to our minds and how we express ourselves. And of course, the skill we are referring to here is creativity. Now I'm going to start us off with a creative thinking exercise. And why we do this is because creative thinking not only inspires unique and original ideas, but it also supports positive well-being. And when we engage in creative thinking, we learn to bring conscious awareness to our minds and to express ourselves in a meaningful way. It is a powerful practice of nourishing the mind and inspiring your sense of imagination. So how this exercise is going to work is this. I'm going to offer you a quote about creativity from a wise mind to reflect on. You're going to pause the podcast and set a timer for five minutes, time in which you are going to reflect on this quote and to see what ideas it inspires in you. And I would encourage you to sit with a blank piece of paper and to write out your reflections and ideas in bullet points, just using simple, uncomplicated language. If you are listening to this while driving or walking, simply pause the podcast and take a moment to reflect and perhaps say your ideas out loud. Now, before I offer you this quote, Why we are doing a creative thinking exercise is that creative thinking helps us generate new ideas. And there's a wonderful quote from Eleanor Roosevelt that says, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, small minds discuss people. So this exercise and the conversation we will have afterwards to discuss and share our ideas is how we develop our minds, how we nurture and nourish our minds. And when it comes to our mental health, really, I think that's what we should be looking at. So the quote we're going to reflect on today are the wise words of Albert Einstein, 
who said creativity is seeing what others see and thinking what no one else ever thought. I'm going to read that one more time. Creativity is seeing what others see and thinking what no one else ever thought. So take your five minutes to reflect on what ideas this brings up for you. And I'll see you back in a moment where we can share and explore these ideas together. Alrighty, so welcome back. Sadly, we are not all in the same moment in time and space, which means that I cannot ask you to share your reflections here today, like I would do so in a workshop. Instead, I'm going to share three ideas this quote inspired in me and some of the reflections therein. And my greatest hope is that these ideas inspire you with a sense of creativity, which I define as our ability to bring something new into being. And that something new could be joy. So the first idea I had was this. Accessing your creative capacity lies in your ability to be present. And some reflections I had on this idea were being present is to have the ability to suspend thought. And I like to imagine our thinking mind as a time machine, right? With our thoughts, we travel in time to the past and the future. We travel into the past using our memory and we travel into the future using our imagination. And sadly, most of this thinking, this time travel, is unconscious. And when we learn to bring conscious awareness to our minds, we learn how to use the incredible evolutionary advancements of memory and imagination in a way that is helpful, not harmful. Think about how much of our anxiety arises from unconscious imagination or unconscious memory. Right? We find ourselves lost in thought, worrying about what might happen or ruminating over something that happened. And this is not helpful. And over time and with practice, the awareness of this thinking mind, this unconscious mind, is what enables us to cultivate presence, which I like to see as the ability to still the mind, to connect to that inner silence, that inner stillness, that inner spaciousness, right? Some people might define this as peace of mind. And when we still the mind, we can access the richness of life that is available to us in the present moment. When Einstein said that we need to learn how to think what no one else has thought, I think this refers less about what we think and more about how we think. It's the conscious use of our mind that makes the difference. So much of our mental suffering is due to unconscious thinking, the unconscious mind. When we are present, we have cultivated stillness of mind. We have more energy to focus on life. And we do that through our senses. Sight, smell, hearing, touch and taste. And when we sense more, we experience more. And that deeper richer experience of life is what cultivates within us a sense of joy. 
I like to think that creativity doesn't arise from what we know, but how we experience what we know. And we need to learn how to bring conscious awareness to our minds and through doing so to enrich our experience of life. This process helps us access the greatest creativity there is, which is the ability to consciously bring our own very reality into being. <laughs> so some quite deep stuff there in the first idea. The second idea I had was this. It is not what you look at that matters, but how you see. And this idea is not actually my own, but it comes from Henry David Thoreau, who was an American naturalist, essayist, poet, and philosopher. And when I think about this idea, to me it means that a person who is creative looks at the world with a curious mind and an open heart. They have learned how to adjust the lens through which they look at life. And through doing so, they see life in more color, with greater clarity. They see the beauty in life. They experience the beauty in life. You see, most people live looking at life through a lens that is narrow and unclear, which really results in them constantly feeling fearful about what might be lurking around the corner. And here, of course, we are speaking about the fear which originates within the mind. Much of the purpose of life is to learn how to bring conscious awareness to the mind, to widen the aperture through which you see and experience life, and through doing so, to transform fear into love. What a beautiful thing. And that process of transformation in and of itself is a process of creativity. And when you learn how to access this capacity, the freedom you experience within yourself and how you express this freedom is called art. And when we are able to share the artwork of our life with others, it inspires an energy in the human spirit greater than any other source of motivation. The art of life is what gives us meaning and inspires hope. And so we must learn the creativity to consciously bring our lives into being. That one got pretty deep too. <laughs> Last but not least, idea number three. It takes courage to be creative, which is why most people claim they're not. You see, as a creative person, you inherently have a much deeper way of looking at life. You see things in ways that others don't. And because of this, you are often misunderstood. Now, as a social species, human beings are hardwired to seek the affirmation and approval of others. Because in our not-so-ancient past, our very survival depended on being part of a group. And if your group left you behind in the savannas of Africa. You wouldn't survive a couple of hours, never mind a couple of days. To have a sense of belonging, to be approved by others, to have that affirmation of others is hardwired into our DNA. But what we must do is acknowledge that the world around us has changed at an unprecedented rate 
while the world within us has largely stayed the same. And this means that the fears we have evolved with that helped us survive in the past often now work against us. And it is up to us to learn how to evolve these fears and to create space for a new way of being to emerge. And this is where courage comes in. And I like to define courage as the capacity to allow fear to pass through you without reacting to it. For most people, when fear arises, their entire way of being changes. And often this is not a conscious choice. I sometimes refer to our default settings, our survival settings, which are hard-coded in this way to enable us to stay alive. But why I'm so passionate about speaking about joy is that when it comes to our well-being, it's not enough to just be alive. We need to feel alive. And to do that, we must learn how to respond to fear, letting it go so that something new may emerge. And that something new may be joy. It is absolutely possible for all of us. All we need to do is to learn how to connect to our hearts. That's what it means to have courage. Brene Brown wisely shared that courage originally came from the Latin word core, meaning heart. And the original definition of courage meant to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. What a beautiful thing. And when you are connected to your heart, what that means is that you have created space for the fear in your mind to pass through you without reacting to it. So coming back to the fear of being misunderstood. If we hope to be creative, right, to develop the capacity to allow a new way of being to emerge... We need to learn how to respond to this fear of being misunderstood. So the final part of today's conversation is where I'm going to offer you a life coaching practice. My mission here with Connection Academy is to make human connection practical. I don't just want to inspire you to think differently about this. I want to give you the tools to actually act upon it in your own life. So what I'm going to do is offer you a practice that will help you learn how to respond to the fear of being misunderstood. And this fear of being misunderstood manifests in a number of different ways. And just to list a few, it could be living to meet other people's expectations, fearing rejection, doubting yourself, criticizing yourself, Never putting yourself out there. Right? It has so many different masks, this fear of being misunderstood. Right? So this practice is about how to respond to fear. And this is important because being fearless is not the absence of fear. It's the wise awareness of fear and the ability to respond to fear in a way that transforms it. When we have transformed fear, what results is peace. And when we are living from a space of peace, that is when joy can emerge. So this practice has two parts. 
The first is a self-reflection to help you identify the nature of your fear. And the second part is a practice to help you respond to this fear when it arises. Okay, I always like to give people practical tools that they can use in the moments when they are struggling. So let's have a look at those two parts. So part one, as I said, is a self-reflection. Okay, so this is just to help you identify the nature of your fear. And this is helpful because when you know the nature of your fear, you can notice when it shows up. And when you notice when it shows up, you can have the awareness to choose how to respond. If you don't notice fear when it has arisen, often it completely takes control of you, erodes your sense of peace and smothers your sense of joy. So get out a piece of paper, set a timer for about 15 to 20 minutes in which you can reflect on the following three questions. Now the first question, how does the fear of being misunderstood show up in your body? Here I will encourage you to label the area of your body where you feel this fear. It might be the pit of your stomach. It might be the tension in your shoulders. It might be that heavy feeling in your eyebrows, the tension in your hands. Where do you feel the fear? Just list those different areas of your body. You can also unpack this question using descriptive words, right, to describe the fear. So you might describe it as being hot or cold, heavy, light, racing, frozen. You can use a metaphor like, I feel like there's a ton of bricks on my shoulders. My stomach feels heavy. I feel like I'm being shaken. Okay, so how does the fear of being misunderstood show up in your body? And then the next question that goes hand in hand with this is how does the fear of being misunderstood show up for you emotionally? Now your body and your emotions are simply a reflection of the fear that is in your mind. Okay, so whatever you are feeling in the body can be a really helpful way of identifying the emotions that you are feeling. Now if you need help finding emotional vocabulary, go into Google Type in feelings wheel or emotion wheel and this will give you a wonderful way of visualizing many of the different human emotions, specifically those relating to fear. I'm just going to read you some of those emotions just to give you some vocabulary here. Perhaps you feel dread, mortified, anxious, worried, inadequate, inferior, hysterical, panic, helpless frightened right which of these emotions do you resonate with and then the third and final question here is how does the fear of being misunderstood show up in your thoughts right when you are feeling this fear what kind of thoughts are you having and you can think about the thoughts you have about yourself maybe that's things like i am not good enough people are going to laugh at me i might fail Right. Or thoughts you're having about others. This person is an idiot. Why don't they understand me? I don't belong in this group. I need to find new friends. It can also be the thoughts you have about your environment. Right. 
It's not possible to be who I am at work. Those are just some ideas, but just see if you can view this reflection on your thoughts as a data capturing exercise, right? Which means look at it objectively. It can be quite difficult to bring this awareness to your thoughts because often you're going to encounter thoughts that are very charged, very negative, very limiting. And you might look at them being like, ah, do I really think that? Wow. So firstly, just to commend the courage it takes to engage with this practice, right? That is why it is a courage practice. It should be uncomfortable. That is why we are practicing. Now, as you reflect on these three questions, I would invite you to take your time, okay? Allow yourself to revisit a recent memory where you experienced this fear of being misunderstood, And see if you can just bring this compassionate sense of awareness to how your body felt in the moment. What emotions came up? What thoughts came up? Right? You're not trying to control or change anything, but just to know the objective nature of your fear. So that you can be aware of it when it is present. Now this brings me to the second part of the practice. And this part of the practice is designed to empower you to respond to fear when it arises, rather than to impulsively and unconsciously react to it. Now, the benefit of part one is that when you know the nature of your fear, you can learn to notice it in its early stages, before its energetic charge is really intense. Okay, because often when we leave it, we ignore it, we suppress it, we turn away from fear. It just boils up inside of us. And by, by the time we turn our attention towards it, it can be so overwhelming that we don't know what to do. And that's why a lot of people turn to things like drugs and alcohol or being distracted, constantly scrolling on their phones. Right? We do everything we can to avoid looking fear in the eye, but through doing so, We are not allowing ourselves to nurture and nourish our minds. So this practice is going to be the practice of pausing and asking yourself two questions. And in this practice, we meet fear with questions because it has been said that enlightenment is found in the question, not the answer. So when you sit with these questions, don't try to answer them with your mind, but sense into them with your heart and with your body, because that is where the fear is being reacted upon. So the two questions are this. Firstly, what am I believing to be true? Second question, what am I unwilling to feel? And when you ask yourself these questions, close your eyes, perhaps place your hand on your heart, take a breath, and just sense into the space that follows that question mark. What's there? When you can bring that sense of awareness to that space that's been held so tightly with fear for so long, Shining a light of compassionate awareness into that space is enough to be the catalyst for change. 
fear is not a problem to solve. It is a presence to connect with. So that closes off our conversation for today. Thank you so much for your attention. It is the most precious resource you have. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's conversation on Connection Academy podcast. I hope that today's conversation has been helpful and has resonated with you. If you'd like to engage more with the topic of human connection and to explore more practical ways you can cultivate a deeper sense of joy in your life, visit our website, connectionacademy.co, to register for an upcoming workshop. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so that you don't miss out on the next episode. See you next time.